This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning. It's Monday morning, and right here on MPB Think Radio is the show, Deep South Dining. Carol's here with me, though her microphone has run away from her. <laughs> hey, Mel. Hey, Carol. you got to keep these things nailed down. They'll just, just swing up. This one has a mind of its own. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. But rainy days and Mondays never get me down. Oh, no. No. Well, you know, we eventually have to have some winter. I mean, I'm all for that. And we've really needed the rain. I was sitting out on my front porch this morning at first light drinking my coffee and chicory. And mosquitoes were buzzing all in my ears, and I thought, enough of this. Let's blast them out of here. Let's get some cold weather. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So, how was your week? Uh, Fabulous. And yours? I spent mine most of the time in bed, either with my head under the pillow or Mm. eating some of the wonderful soups that my friends brought to me, including you. Yours truly. I know. And, in fact, I am returning your... Dishes. Oh, thank you so much. It, it's been a morning of that, Java. Java returned some dishes to you. You returned some dishes to me. It just tells you that we are into sharing food. We are into sharing food. But, Malcolm, I, I need to talk about the gumbo you shared with me. You go me. right ahead. Okay. Well, we talked about it on the show last week because you and April McGregor were talking about April McGregor. In Philadelphia, PA, but from Vardaman, MS. And, you know, she does a dark roux gumbo, and, you know, you've never met a recipe that you... That I would follow. That you would follow. <laughs> and yours was not a roux-based gumbo. Um, it was absolutely delicious. It was downright healing. In fact, that's why I'm here today, because I've been healed, healed by, by your the gumbo, gumbo. By your gumbo. And... I really loved the, the okra in it. You know, yes, April put a lot was in saying there. that um, what does she call inland-based gumbos, meaning turkey and chicken gumbos. A lot of times don't have right, right. don't you know don't need the thickening that a seafood gumbo, right. a needs, non-swimming like gumbo. But that's not what you think. No, I I don't think a lot about it. I just was making this turkey gumbo, and I decided I was going to loaded up with uh, okra was not going to put a base in it and that was just that i didn't spend a lot of time on it thinking about it well i shared a little bit with my partner john palmer and he kept he was in in another room and he kept saying (laughs) Mm. did malcolm really make this i said john yes of course he said really i didn't know i knew he could cook good but not this good (laughs) well i'm glad you enjoyed it I've, i've still got a little bit left in my refrigerator i gotta hurry up and Finished it. Kara made a um, vegetable beef soup this week also, so I had to focus on it and finish it up last night. Now I need to get back to my gumbo. Well, you know, you kind of spawned an industry on cooking and coping this week. I guess you and April did. There were many gumbos. Many people had been snatching turkey carcasses. I think Tim Pierce from Memphis said, you know, before he just threw the turkey carcass away, but this time he snatched it back at the last minute. Uh, to make his own gumbo. So yeah. 
let's start thinking of porting cook, uh, turkey car- carcasses after Christmas, too. Well, exactly. I mean, we are headed directly out of Thanksgiving and into Christmas. And, you know, I wanted to ask you a question, Carol. In terms of Christmas and Thanksgiving and, and the sort of traditional foods we eat, what's different about Christmas, the traditional Christmas table, and the Thanksgiving. I mean, they're both historically based on turkey dressing sides. What What is different? I mean, what is the one or two things? I, I can't come up with anything. I guess it depends on your family tradition because my family tradition was more Christmas brunch. Oh. Uh, cheese grits, always quail wrapped in bacon, mm-hmm. you know, cooked on the grill, some type of sweet like the Kringle or yes. the coffee cake or something wonderful like that. Lovely. And then the egg casserole or strata. So that was my family tradition. So no turkey and dressing? No no okay. turkey and dressing. Right. I'm all, I'm all for different. that, but that's, mm-hmm. but that's vastly different. But here's my answer about that. Okay. I think the Thanksgiving meal is a more formal set of Foods. I think on Christmas you see, or Christmas Eve, uh-huh. you see a lot of more roast improvisation and and you know roast I and gotcha. potatoes and mm. scalloped potatoes and prime rib and okay, a little, little bit different. Cool. Java. Anything different at your house about the Thanksgiving and the Christmas spread? Yeah, I was kind of trying to uh, think about that. That's a great question. I would love for one of our uh, listeners to call in and see if, if they have something because I can't really pick anything out other than kind of what Carol was saying with the Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. You know, you may have a, a bigger spread um, than uh, than on a Thanksgiving Eve because my one of my mother's sisters, my aunt, her birthday is uh, December 24th. Okay. So we would often celebrate her, um, you know, with like a fish fry or maybe like a barbecue or something. So that Christmas Day, the meal wouldn't be so heavy or, you know, as extravagant. Gotcha. We would have turkey gotcha. dressing sides, but not as much as you would on Thanksgiving. All right. Yeah. Well, we got a caller, but before we go to the phones, I wanted to hit a couple of things here uh, ever so lightly. I wanted to uh, do a shout out to the Shermans who hosted a great dinner for us carol recently and the takeaway was the fig balsamic marinade dressing or whatever it was and and carol used it to marinate and uh baste a pork tenderloin this week and it was outrageous so thanks to the shermans for the takeaway gift yeah and you know i guess i hadn't been to any dinners lately i mean COVID's lasted a long time and it was wonderful to be around a table with friends, there were seven of us, and to be given a gift at the end of the meal, I just I thought that that vinegar was outstanding. It was great, and again, Kara made a wonderful pork tenderloin. And it was it. also the introduction of the snackle box. The snackle box, which is all the rage now on cooking. I'm cooking. seeing them everywhere. It was. Um, I was Java just about to say, explain. Please okay. explain to John what the okay. name like snackle box. <laughs> and I guess somebody on Cooking and Coping actually named it, but what they did, Mary Pryor and Joe Sherman bought a tackle box at Bass Pro Shop. Now, I'm not talking about one with the lid where you have the little levels. I'm talking about the flat box. Okay. With you the compartments open it, on And it has that. the little compartments. 
in it where you can put a long lure or a short lure, mm-hmm. little maybe mm-hmm. 20 little compartments. They had like in one compartment would be crackers. Another compartment would be olives. A, olives. Another compartment would be uh, pastrami. And another one be salumi and filled with all these little things. And so it was this Roasted open. pecans, just all filled. In the little compartment. In the compartment. Wow. And so before I even went over there, I was a little late going. I was check cooking and coping, and Leanne had already posted a picture, and some uh, one of our uh, posters named it the Snackle Box. The Snackle Box. So we're now okay. seeing Snackle Boxes. They're everywhere, spreading across the country. What a great gift to show up with at a dinner party, uh, carrying the snackle box. Yeah, and you can close the lid, just walk in and open it and give that much pleasure to your guest. And then have something to take to fish with. We could have a Deep South Dining custom-made snackle box. We could. But uh, now we're thinking. (laughs) thinking. Okay, another tidbit I wanted to share. I had breakfast at Elvie's a couple of days ago, and it was fabulous. You know, we we had breakfast. They do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Holly Lang and I had breakfast, and it was outrageous. I had the shrimp and grits, and she had the pancakes, and I mean, it was delightful. The place was very full and very warm and welcoming. And so you remember right at COVID, right at the beginning of COVID, we had the guys on from Elvis. It was the week before the shutdown, and they had just opened. Just and opened I, I in time to shut down so, for the pandemic. I thought of them so much. Now, one other tidbit, uh, brace yourselves. Uh, there is a new phenomenon called the 3D printed steaks. Tell me no. Redefine Meat, an Israeli <laughs> startup, is expanding where its product is available mostly in Europe. They are 3D printed steaks made from plant-based beef substitutes. I don't know what else to say except to stand by because this is new. I just wonder if, I guess they print out the 3D steaks at the factory or Who do knows? you get a... F- 3D machine in your restaurant. Are they fresh to order? (laughs) More will be revealed. It's very scary. (laughs) And also, uh, Chico, Chico Harris uh, sent me a great text over the weekend that he was eating some of the best fried chicken he'd ever laid his lips to. And he talked about the brown gold of the chicken grease that melts into the plate. And I believe Chico is on the phone. He can maybe explain that. And he also wants to talk about Mississippi foods as Christmas gifts. Hello, Chico. You there, my man? uh, uh, Big Star in Oxford. I think the kids call it Larson's Cash Saver. But, uh, you know, the venerable old Big Star um, grocery store, and back there in the back they have that wonderful deli with those wonderful ladies that work back there. And they always, when I ask for the two greasiest fried chicken pieces they have they always dig down there in the bottom and pull them up and you can see the grease drip and it's this wonderful brown gold that knows brown gold yeah it just sends the message you're about to have pleasure (laughs) and now most people want the chicken on the top but not chico yeah Yeah, chico is you you are not asking for the boneless skinless chicken breast lightly steamed with a little sauce on the side lady i don't even know what boneless chicken is (laughs) 
<laughs> boneless, skinless. Boneless is homeless to Chico. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, some some Mississippi food related Christmas gifts that I give every year, and they're always a big hit because they're so good. They're expected now. I'm going to give a couple of sidebars first. Back around Labor Day, Ginger and I went up to Asbury Park, New Jersey, to visit some friends there, and we drove this time. Would that have been Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> no, not yet. But I'm waiting for the invite. <laughs> We drove up there, and because we drove, we took a couple of coolers with um, some steaks, some New York strips from Brown Family Dairy Butcher Shop in Fayette County. And we cooked out those steaks up there in Asbury Park, New Jersey, and those New Jersey people just loved frontwards and backwards. They couldn't stop talking about how tender and delicious they were. And, you know, that's just great to, to take that Mississippi up there. We even took them some Brown Family Dairy milk, too. <laughs> All right. Well, and then uh, around the middle of October, you know, Blue Mountain, the venerable Oxford band, uh, Terry Hudson, Laurie Stewart, and uh, this time they had Lee Ingram sitting in on drums. They played some reunion shows. And this fellow I know who was a New Yorker who's lived in the Bay Area in California for about 30 years, he flew to Oxford for these shows. And I know him via Facebook, and we visited before the shows. He came out to my house that's just up the road from the Brown Family Dairy. And, um, you know, he was talking about San Francisco and what he enjoys there. He's a foodie. And he had never been to Mississippi before, and he looked at me with a little bit of a smirk and said, you know, I really like chocolate milk. You don't have anything like a local chocolate milk around here, do you? <laughs> and I said, well, Mr. California... As a matter of fact, just a few miles down the road here is the Brown Family Dairy, which produces chocolate milk, which was in the cow just a few days before, if not the day before. And we can go up here the road to Big Star and get you some right now. And his eyes grew as big as tea saucers. And we went and got him some of that chocolate milk. You believe he bought three gallons and he was going to be in town three days? Hey. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. They do a wonderful job there at Browns, and we are very proud of good Mississippi product. And we hope 3D plant-based steaks never replace their meat. Exactly. They, they won't. But every year at Christmas time, I hand out to a lot of people gallons of Brown Family Dairy milk, white, and chocolate. And also there are others. And this year... I'm gonna I'm gonna start handing out those steaks too, you know, because it keeps it keeps the money local in the local community. It helps a great family. It helps the great families that I'm giving the, the gifts to. And man, that food is good, and that milk is good. Well, for those of you who don't know, that's Larry Brown, the great Mississippi Riders family that uh, owned the Brown Dairy. Yeah, his son. Uh, and his son, that's right. So shop local, think local, give local. Thanks so much, Chico. We appreciate hearing from you. As always, we appreciate you listening. Let's go to Pascagoula. We've got Brother Daniel on the phone, wants to talk a little bit about stuffed shrimp. I love stuffed Ooh. shrimp. Hello, Daniel. Hey, what's going on? How's everybody? We're we good. good. We're good. Uh, well, right now I'm driving around Santa. He's in the back. He's in the back of the car. Ho, 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 ho. Yeah. Uh, tell him hi. Say hi, Santa. <laughs> but listen, I just, <laughs> I just made some, uh, some stuffed shrimp and crawfish with a little pork and some melatonin. Ooh. Oh. Merlitons. Merlitons. There you go. That. 
Melodyne, yeah. So we made that over the weekend. Then when you said something about Christmas and Thanksgiving, uh, listen, it used to be on Christmas you would do a duck or a geese. A, a goose, or, yeah. Or a roasted chicken, you see, and turkey, and that would separate and everybody wouldn't be wearing a lot of turkey feathers. So, uh, <laughs> so my grandmother always said she would take a chicken, a roast big chicken hen, and cook it on Christmas and add uh, mayonnaise with herbs and put it in there in the oven and let it roast. And mm-hmm. then drizzle that, that nice gravy on there, and then she makes some homemade mashed potatoes. Ooh. To me, that's the difference between Thanksgiving and Christmas. See, that's one thing Mississippi got. We got gourmet. We got food. And that's what brings us together. <laughs> well put. Well put. Brother Daniel, we appreciate you listening to our show. Yeah, and take care of Santa Claus in the back yeah. seat. Don't, don't let him slip out and keep on cooking. Uh, we got another call here we want to take before we go to break. If, in fact, we do go to break, we may just go straight through. We've got Kathleen from Osaka on the phone. Hello, Good Kathleen. morning, Kathleen. Good morning. I'm enjoying this last couple of days of weather so much. Um, I got a short story and a, a tip on this um, recipe. Y'all were talking about the chocolate milk and all like that. When my daughter was three, we drove through some back uh, areas around between Baton Rouge and New Orleans, and there was a lot of cows in the field. And, you know, kids ask anything. She goes, what are those? I said, cows. She says, well, what do the white ones do? I said, well, they give you white milk, you know. And she says, but, Mom, what do the brown ones do? I said, well, they give you chocolate milk. She thought for a second. She goes, what do the black and white ones do? I said, before I could fancy, she goes, do they give beer? I said, oh, I said, if we could, if we could package that. But it was one of those short stories out of innocence, you know. Beautiful, I, beautiful. Makes sense you. to me. <laughs> I've got a dip for you on, I think it's one of the best dips that you can use for all kinds of things. We called it Granny's Dip. She's from Ireland. And uh, you take, I always do it with two blocks of Philly cheese because, you know, it goes so fast. And two quarter cups of mayonnaise. Uh, for each one, a quarter cup, rather, for each one. And then you put a quarter cup of milk or heavy cream, depending on your preference, and blend well. Then you add salt, pepper, and a lot of black pepper. You wouldn't believe because the cheese kind of holds that flavor down. It's almost like a pepper thing. I put a dash of McCormick's poultry seasoning and uh, a lot of garlic. Let it set, and we used to stuff celery sticks with it or little tomatoes. Sometimes you can slice a cucumber very thick and mm. kind of get a melon scoop and take out a little bit of it. And you put that in there with either a piece of black olive or a pimento or even a pecan. And it's great for stuffing like a hot tilapia or fish that you grill quick. And just put that in the down the backbone, let it melt over the fish. Absolutely delicious. Wow. That sounds delicious. One quick question. You said lots of garlic. Is that garlic garlic or garlic no, powder I, or garlic salt? I use, 
I only use the garlic powder. Okay, I just, for our listeners, wanted to clarify if they were scribbling like I was doing. Well, so, it's so simple, it's, and it holds up about two or three days, but we've never had any leftovers. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm enjoying your show. Have a happy holiday to all, and keep us company while we go through these holidays, okay? Okay. Thank you, Kathleen. We always are happy to hear from you, and thanks for listening, and thanks for giving us a shout-out. Well, Dobby, you want to take a break or keep on rocking? I think it's break time. I can I can feel it. I can feel it. So this will be our first break, and we come back. We'll continue to talk about great gifts for the foodie in your life. And uh, we'll talk about some classic kitchen staples and some high-end, high-tech kitchen gadgets. Also, we will be joined by Katie Maupas from Lemuria Bookstore. And she will talk to us about cookbooks as gifts. We look forward to that. We've had Katie on before, and she'll be with us. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. Welcome back to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Happy Monday, and uh, out the window here in the studio are many leaves of color. It seems that fall has finally arrived And though it is probably 70-plus degrees, we understand there could be some rain coming, though we are not in the weather business. And that could be followed by what we call winter in Mississippi. Before we get on the phone with Katie Maupas from Lemuria, Carol, we had a question uh, last week that arrived in the old mailbox. And it was about whether or not to – what kind of food grinder to to use to grind your herbs. And uh, I wondered if you could weigh in on that. Well, I, I do have an opinion, Malcolm. Good. I really like to use a mortar and pestle. I believe this particular listener was asking, <coughs> excuse me, okay. whether mortar and pestle or an electric spice grinder. Right. And you know, electric spice grinders, yeah, they work. They work okay. Some people use a coffee grinder as a spice grinder, but you can't use it for both. I mean, the taste Mm. just gets too intermingled. They're hard to clean. And the results, to me, aren't as good. Just an old-fashioned mortar and pestle, Mm -hmm. you know, which is basically a bowl with a bat-like instrument. Grinding tool. Grinding tool that is either going to grind and pulverize your spices. I mean, we've seen them... Through the ages, you know, even old drawings of farm, you know, pharmacies. It's one of the, mm-hmm. you know, uh, symbols of a right. pharmacy grind, you know, grinding up things. But they come in in wood, a real hardwood. Um, my favorite is marble, and you know, also porcelain. But you can get them small. They don't take up much room, and you will really use it more than you think and where would you recommend uh, it is the giving season where would you recommend that a person shop for the appropriate a mortar and pestle right i will you know any good cookware store of course i'm going to recommend the everyday gourmet because in jackson in jackson because that was On county line road my store yes, it now was. is marlena walter store it's wonderful but william sonoma really department stores mm-hmm. probably 
uh, probably like Walmart and Target in the kitchen section. They should be around 12 to $15, a, a wonderful gift for a cook. But when you have a recipe that calls for cracked pepper, like putting on a steak, right. just you know, throwing a few peppercorns in there and, and smash, away. smash, smash. It's it's a wonderful thing. So there you go. Excellent, excellent. We appreciate the question, and we always are happy to hear from our listeners who either call or write in or send us an email or text, whatever medium they prefer. We have another caller on the phone. Uh, I think we should take Belle's phone call from Yazoo County. She needs a can opener, Carol. Hey, Belle. Hey, Belle. Hi, good morning. Um, t- thank you for taking my call. Um, I am not the only one. My sister-in-law and I have talked about this. Um, I can't find a decent can opener, and I don't. Th- these things that um, don't have a handle, and I have gone through them. They they don't last, and um, they're hard to use. Where you have to wind them all the way around the can, right? And I don't think they still make the old-fashioned ones that have a handle and they have a hook on them, and you jab them in the can, and then you just use your hand to go around the can. I can't find one. In fact, I'm going to a, 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 a consignment store this morning okay. to see if they have any. Uh-huh. Second-hand. My store. sister-in-law and I talked about it yesterday. And she said uh, she knew two other women that had griped about this. Well, let me say this. I I am in that number as well. And thank the Lord Carol's here. She's going to solve this for us because Kara and I have a second-generation can opener, and we hate it almost as much as we hated the one we replaced. It just doesn't work right. You can hardly get the blade to bite. Uh, it is. It's plastic. It, it's a piece of plastic. Yeah. And uh, anyway, Carol, help us on the can opener. This has been a problem for a long time. People are still searching for the 1950s can opener. But first, let me say, I think that electric can opener, it's just like an electric spi- spice grinder, something else to clutter up your kitchen that mm-hmm. you don't, yeah. you know, don't use very often. But there are indeed some good hand can openers and one of my favorites is by xylis z is in zebra z y l i s s okay it is a swiss company they're known for making excellent utensils it is plastic but it's a hard plastic it has a lot of metal in it and it has a wonderful grip okay okay secondly the next one the next i'm gonna give you two the next one is by a comp- company called OXO, O-X-O. Okay. And you've probably seen, they started, I believe they may have started with the can opener, but it's a line, it's kind of an ergonomic line. And now that, you know, they must have 50, like I gave, or you and I gave Java OXO measuring cups for Christmas. Ah, yes, we did. Things that are really handy to use. Now, I know that you can get, get, the OXO at most, uh, probably at uh, at Walmart. I know Beth. Bed, no, I've tried. Okay, well, Bed Bath and <laughs> Beyond. I, I can I can tell you because I've recently bought. They have both the OXO and the Xylus. But they were those are two of my favorites. I'm sure. I hope some listeners. Yeah, have yeah. an idea if, too. If you have, so a I hope favorite. that helps, Bell. 
Thank you so much. No, thank you. And I will you. pass it along to my sister-in-law in Texas. <laughs> That's helped me as well because I've had it with this uh, can opener at our house. It drives me nuts. So I will be looking for a replacement during the Christmas shopping period. So that would be a good gift. You'll never know what Santa might bring you, Mel. Ho, ho, ho. You know, gift giving is one of the true joys of the holiday season. And a gift that goes a long way, my friends, is a gift card to a local restaurant. So if, if you are stumped and you don't know what to give, get a gift certificate. And you're not only restaurant. helping the person you're giving it to, but you're helping your favorite restaurants. Easy to wrap. And good to support the community. Can slip right in your pocket or wallet. Now, for the home cook who needs a little bit of uh, more experience or practical insight into a particular type of cooking, there are cooking classes that make great gifts, Carol. Indeed there are. And, you know, I do want to give a shout-out to the Viking Cooking School in Greenwood, but there are cooking schools all over the state. I'd love to hear about more. Um, but it's a great it's a great way to you know spend a date night a Saturday morning. I mean it's the gift that keeps on giving. And finally, there are many good gifts to give, but the cookbook is our favorite. Absolutely. And we're going to get Katie Maupas on the phone here from our favorite, well, one of our favorite bookstores in the great state of Mississippi, from Lemuria. Kate, are you there, Katie? Hey guys, I'm here. Well, it's good to have you on. We're just going to let you kind of go along uh, here with us. We're going to get to recommendations uh, about cookbooks. We are particularly interested in Mississippi cookbook authors and Mississippi books. Uh, And we found uh, a website called This Is a Cook Letter, and they had 15 cookbooks to recommend. And we'll talk a little bit about those. But, Katie, we've got to take one more call here before we blast full on into cookbooks. And we have Timothy on the line from Louisiana who's going to help us with the spice grinding question as well as the can opener question. Hello, Timothy. Howdy. All right. Any good house has a matate, you know? Yes, Uh, the Mexican uh, mortar and pestle. Yes, ma'am. The mocha Or... And also a coffee. I, one year I got a, a pound of, of beans and a coffee, electric coffee grinder. And I make my own tea masala, you know, chai masala. Yeah. And I, I use that coffee grinder to grind up my tea spices as well, you know, it'll turn that coriander into dust, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, and what you're looking for is a real dust when you're making a chai masala. Okay. So, uh, and and Dollar Tree has those cheap $1. Well, get it now because it's going to be a dollar and a quarter after January right. 1st. Yeah, um, Dollar Tree, Malcolm, did you know that? It's no longer yes. everything's a dollar. It's everything's a dollar 25. Right. Inflation. Yeah, that, that's starting January 1st, I think. But anyhow, they have the nice, uh, you know, old-fashioned hand-cranked, bottle, I mean, can opener. Okay. With a bottle opener on one end, you know, and and the point, both kinds of of bottle openers, can openers, all in one. Dollar and a quarter, buddy. Okay, you can't beat the price. I've been using mine for You may have to buy six a year, but you can't beat the price. That's right. Oh, no, I've been using the same ones for since uh, since 2014. 
2014. Okay, well, you're getting your dollar and a quarter's worth there, my friend. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Have a good day. Man, thanks Keep a million. Man, we, we appreciate you calling and listening and joining in the co- conversation. Katie Bop is on the line from Lemuria. Hello, Katie. Hey, guys. How are you? It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas at Lemuria. Yes, it yes, is. Yes, it is. It might not be looking like Christmas outside, but inside, <laughs> it definitely is. It looks fallish, but it does not feel so. Yes. Now, Katie, Carol, and I were really excited to come into the store the other day and do an in-store, person-to-person event for y'all. That, I'm glad to see that back at Lemuria. Yes, yeah, we are back, and that was for Ann Burns' new cookbook, A New Take on Cake, which is wonderful um, and so good, and she brought some cake for us, and it was delicious. Yes, it was. Uh, but we're glad to be back with the event, so uh, check us out on Facebook on our uh, website. We've got all our events listed, so we've got some fun stuff coming up. Well, do you have some recommendations for our listeners for cookbooks as gifts? Yes, of course I do. So, of course, you're talking about Mississippi cookbooks, and we've got a lot of wonderful Mississippi cookbooks. Um, Elizabeth High School's newest one, come on over. We've got signed copies of that in the store. Uh, we also did an event with her not too long ago with y'all, which was awesome uh, to get to hear, and it just looks delicious. And we've got actually all her cookbooks in the store right now, so got to check those out. Yeah, I, I just want to want to say something here about Elizabeth's cookbooks are some of the most friendly, approachable. southern, approachable. That's a good, that's such a good word, Malcolm. They just kind of make you happy to read. And Elizabeth's style of cooking and entertaining is so joyful. And I think it really comes off the pages of those cookbooks. But I love the book, Come On Over. Yes, it's yeah, terrific. Perfect, perfect. She should Christmas. be on the Today Show. She's she so really should. What a great talented. idea. What a great idea. Yes. yes, I was just flipping through it, and it's got that tomato pie, which I just, every time I see that, I just want to eat it. And there is joy, that. joy, joy, joy with tomato <laughs> pie. <laughs> yes. And it's just a really fun one, so we love Elizabeth around here. Yeah, she uh, was on the show a week or so ago and just turned the whole thing upside down, uh, Java. You might recall. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> she was, was in very, New York. She was, was about to go fun. on the air, right? Yeah, she was two seconds from the Today Show. It was funny. <laughs> okay, other recommendations, Katie, for great yeah. gifts for the person in your life who has everything but what you're about to give them. Yeah, so we've got some really wonderful um, signed cookbooks in the store right now, which is always, you know, a little extra special. Um, One of my favorite cookbooks this year, I just think it's beautiful. It's Black Food by Bryant Terry. Mm -hmm. Love the cover. I haven't seen the book, though. (laughs) Oh, it's so, the cover is awesome. And it kind of goes beyond a cookbook. It's got essays and poems and art. And it covers all of this amazing food, the African diaspora. It's beautiful. Um, I just can't say enough about it. It really is a work of art. Um, So we're really happy to have that in the store. We've got signed copies of that. And another wonderful one is uh, by Matthew Rayford called Resin Yam. And it is Gullah Geechee recipes. And Matthew is a sixth-generation farmer. 
Um, he is now farming the land uh, that his great 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 grandfather Jupiter Gilliard purchased right after emancipation. He was born into slavery, uh, so it's just a beautiful history of Gullah Geechee food. And I spent some time in South Carolina, so that is just a really special one for me. Hmm. And it's just gorgeous. It's a really beautiful cookbook. And what's the name of that one, Katie? That one's Breast and Yum. Okay. Yeah. So it's beautiful. We've got some copies of that one, too. Um, and then another side one that we have is Chrissy Teigen's new book, Cravings. I think everyone knows Chrissy Teigen. Um, her recipes are just really fun, good family recipes, really delicious kind of twists on classic comfort food. Uh, so that's another great one. Makes a great gift. Very good. Um, I wanted wanted to add something. You know, uh, Malcolm and Java and I have had Adrian Miller several times on the show, and he wrote a book, Black Smoke, which I can't recommend highly enough. I don't know. You guys, it's a history of african-american barbecue yeah it's one of those books like katie was saying it goes beyond you know uh i don't think it's a a tradition it has some recipes but it's more of a um, exploration of african-american barbecue it's so it's just so affirming that you know this this book has has launched him i mean he is he has been a uh a food scholar Besides being a lawyer and everything, so yeah, for many many years. But he has really become from that book the authority. Every time you pick up a paper or a magazine, yeah, that book is quoted. But Black Smoke would be a great Christmas gift for those who are interested in the history of barbecue, or you know, particularly the history of African American barbecue. Fantastic. Great. Yeah, and we do have copies of Black Smoke in the store, too. Um, and that's a really fun thing that uh, some cookbooks this year have been able to do is that it's more than just recipes. It's really a history and uh, this beautiful picture of culture and food. Um, so it just makes it just really special. You know, um, that's a point of why cookbooks yeah. make such great Christmas gifts. But Because a person who cooks can have 100 cookbooks. Or they can have one and will enjoy a cookbook. Some people never cook out of them, but they just you know, read them reading, like novels. You know, reading a book, it's like reading the history of a culture or a point in time. Um, you know, we've gone back on the show in the past couple of years and talked about community cookbooks that maybe were from the 60s and you that were really popular, like in the Mississippi Delta, and you see ingredients that was like when water chestnuts were big or when right. congeal salads. I mean, it tells a history of the time and place. And John Currents, uh, his book came out, was it last year? Yeah, it was Tailgrate, right, right, yeah. right during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. When they stopped having football games. Right. Just just in time for no tailgating. And, and yeah. that is a fantastic cookbook. But one of my favorites to give is his classic, mm. Big Bad Breakfast Cookbook. Yes. yes, yes, yes. And Breakfast then, never goes yeah. out of style, Malcolm. Never. Never. Not even on Christmas. <laughs> and Martha Foose uh, and uh, Amy's book. Uh, yeah. Wow. That's a good one. That, that came out, I think, last year, too. Yeah. And... and uh, Martha Fuss's book, um, you know, won a James Beard Award 
Is that the one about screen sweet door, tea and screen doors? Yes, screen doors, doors and sweet mm-hmm. tea. Great book. That, that's a great classic. Hey, the, I saw all of this uh, CNN special with Stanley Tucci in Italy. Is, does yes. he have a new book out? Yes, he does. I've got it right here. Um, and his new book is Taste My Life Through Food. Um, and it's kind of a memoir through food. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just got his new show that I think is on HBO Max. Um, Taste of Italy with Stanley Tucci. Uh, and we've had a couple booksellers in the store read it, and they just loved it. The show I've heard is phenomenal. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's about his life. He, um, you know, had Italian parents. It's a lot about Italian food and, um, you know, his his history with food, So, which not a lot of people know about. Most people right. just think of him as an actor. So Correct. that one is really, really awesome, too. Now, Carol, you brought in a book this morning, which is one of our faves from New Orleans. I did. And we, we had this writer and chef on the show once upon a time. Yes, and it really didn't work out because her phone kept going out, and we have got to get her here in person. But I brought in the Mosquito Supper Club cookbook yes. because as I was thinking toward the show this weekend, we're talking about cookbooks, I was saying, what is the book that I've been most excited about and this is it. It is It is a legend, an homage, a love letter to the part of South Louisiana where she is from. Right. And uh, her restaurant in New Orleans is one of the one of the best things going. I think they've expanded from being able to, I think, have 18 diners. I think they have a right. porch. <laughs> a porch now. But... This is one of the most cooked out of books that I see on our Facebook page. And Cooking this is and coping. A, people yeah, are, people talk about it all the time. Yeah, and there was something this weekend. Uh, okay, okay. Barbara Tuccio did a cauliflower fried rice with fried oysters on top of it, and she used uh, uh, that was the that oyster. Was f- from Fabulous. Mosquito Supper Club, and the Washington Post had all also posted that recipe. And then I saw, oh, Leanne Galt. Had used it. Leanne Galt did a pasta with a thyme oyster butter mm. from oh. the Mosquito <laughs> Supper Club cookbook. She just tossed Lord a mercy. spaghetti in, in that. And I've never thought of oyster butter, but I'm guessing that I better start I keeping like my it. oyster liquor. Right. No need to to do away with the liquor. It has many purposes. So that's Melissa Martin. Mosquito Club. Yeah. yeah, Mosquito Supper Club. And it is not only tasty, but beautiful. the the photography is truly stunning. It's different from uh, the photography I've seen. Mosquito Supper Club is gorgeous. And it just, even though it, it came out right at the beginning of the pandemic, it just continues. People continue to just come in and ask for it, and they just love it. So, It's, it's one of those things when somebody buys and gets one for themselves, and then it's like something you want right. to yeah, give to everybody. And I'll have to say, you know, for, for myself, I, I was just blown away by Ann Burns' A New Take on Cake. Yeah. I in fact I I bought I think you were there. I think I bought 12 or 15 you copies did. to give all the you know all the uh, cooks all the cooks in my life. I have been converted from 
you know, believing that no every, more scratch for every, Carol. every single cake I felt had to be made from scratch or my love mm-hmm. or you know, flavor wasn't in it. And she's really showing the contemporary cook how to have these fabulous desserts that you don't have to stay. Like when mm-hmm. I bake a cake, I better be in the kitchen. I just kind of cross out, you know, the right, day. Right. And mm-hmm. anyway, I, I highly recommend that one to our listeners. Yes. And I, I was telling um I was telling someone at the store when she came, the original Cake Mix Doctor book was the first cookbook I ever got. I think I was eight years old and someone gave it to me, um, as a gift and so it just brings back a lot of memories. But I think you're right. If she she takes these cake mixes and then makes these absolutely beautiful cakes and it's approachable, it's easy, it's good if you are looking for something quick but also beautiful so she just did a great job with that one you know last year uh, Wright Thompson had a uh, book called Pappy Land that hit the shelves and yep. and that would be a good one it hasn't been out that long yeah it's the story of uh, the of Pappy Van Winkle the mm-hmm. Van Winkle family and the famous Pappy Van Winkle whiskey absolutely and then there are classics Jubilee Tony Tipton Martin yeah yeah, and we've really tried to have her on the on the show. It, Jubilee is another one that it is the cooking of the African diaspora, and her book won the James Beard Award mm. in 2020. Mm. And it, you know, we'd really love to talk to her. But that that is a stunning book. Other suggestions, yeah, Katie? Is just beautiful. Yes, I have a couple more. Um, one is so it's not necessarily a cookbook. But it's a really weird, obscure history of food, international food. It's called Gastro Obscura. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's from the crew that brought uh, everybody Atlas Obscura. Okay. So it takes you around the world. Um, it tells you these cool histories of food, um, the culture of food from around the world. So if you have someone who... Loves food, loves travel, loves adventure, isn't afraid to try anything. This is a great one. That's on uh, the list that we were going to share. I think now we're going to probably just share it on the website, Java, the 15 cookbooks that makes us better cooks and expands our culinary perspectives from the website. I think it's a website or a blog called This Is a Cook Letter. I, I was not familiar with it. I just stumbled into it yesterday went down the rabbit hole yes 15 there were 15 books two of them are on your list katie black food and gastro obscura are both on uh this same list and 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 another one is ripe figs by yasmin khan you know that one yes yeah that one uh has been out not too long but it's just this really beautiful um cookbook and it's another one kind of like the ones we're talking about where it's more than just recipes it's really um about the culture of food um the history of food which is so much it's just so exiting because you get to it's like you're learning as you're trying these new recipes so well we just had another caller john who uh left a message for us and said don't forget junior league cookbooks that they are great and by junior league cookbooks we also call that whole category community cookbooks and our they favorites. hit, yeah, our favorites, just what we're talking about, what people are doing in their homes and what's going on in their community with their ingredients. And, Katie, I don't know if there have been any community cookbooks 
published during the pandemic if there's anything new or if you carry some of the just tried and true classics? Yeah, so I haven't really heard of any new Connell Community cookbooks come out in the past couple of years, but we do always have kind of like the classics. We've got Come On In, uh, good stuff like that that, you know, I grew up eating stuff out of those, so those are always just, you know, tried and true. What printing is Come On In now in? Does anybody know that? Uh, yeah, that and so <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's just, uh, I don't know. I mean, that was done I no when, you when were I was president of the junior league. You were El Presidente. Yes, and we <laughs> came up with the idea of we had Martha McIntosh and uh, just a whole group of smart women who did that cookbook. Hilda Owen designed mm-hmm. it. It was one of the first community cookbooks with a hard cover but an interior ring. Is that it the was, one Miss Welty wrote a forward for? Am I, that was, am I off on that? No, Miss Welty wrote a forward for an old Jackson Symphony ah, cookbook. Okay, that's what I was thinking. And Wyatt Cooper, who is Anderson Cooper's father, married to Gloria Vanderbilt, a Mississippian, wrote the CNN's. intro. Anderson Cooper, Anderson his Cooper. father, wrote the intro, intro for... Uh, Southern Sideboards. Wow. Which is another wow. classic. Another I know classic. It sold, like, coming in over a million copies because it's it's in the Cookbook Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. I, I have no idea what printing come on in is, but it's got to be, gotta be high. <laughs> well, Katie, we appreciate you joining us this morning, and we want to encourage everyone to support their local independent bookstore. We love gathering at Lemuria. We appreciate that place, John Evans and company, and uh, we appreciate you coming on and sharing some notions and ideas for good gift giving. Yeah, of course, anytime, um, and we'd love to see everybody in the store. If you need any recommendations, I'm here for you. Yeah, and let's talk about other independent bookstores during the season. We love Square Books and Oxford Turnrow in Greenwood on the coast. I know there are other independent bookstores. Let us know the past books books Mm -hmm. in Past Christian. But let us know because we want to shout out and help our listeners find independent bookstores. We encourage you to shop local, eat local, and to be proud of good products coming from good neighborhoods like the one you live in. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by generous contributions from the good folks just like yourself. Thank you. Our show was produced by Java Chapman. For my co-host, Carol Puckett, and our special guest today, Katie Maupas, I'm Malcolm White. Please stay tuned now for Marshall Ramsey's show, Now You're Talking, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. And join us next Monday for Deep South Dining, only on MPB Think Radio. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks.